In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, if you want to count me down, I'll do the introduction. Sure. In five, four, three, two. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I'm Zach Romero. Joining me here, as always, is my co-host, Chad Allen. Chad, say hello. Hey, everybody. So we are quickly approaching the, uh, I would say, now infamous IndieCast anniversario. Yes. And uh, so with that in mind, we've hit the break uh, the breaks on bringing in our top tier talent as guests. And we are kind of changing gears as sort of almost like a glimpse into the multiverse of, Hey, here's what the indie cast would have been. Had we not focused on wrestling or if we had gotten bored after 10 minutes and decided right. to do something else. And so uh, we're doing, I guess this would be considered an after dark, but the first in a series of uh, one-off episodes of, Hey, this isn't wrestling. This is a this is let's pretend it's a completely different podcast for a minute. Hey, and let's be honest, it's not like we haven't done these before where we just completely like turn. I mean, we've obviously done like Muppets tournaments and True, uh, true. Uh ask I mean, we'd hit a whole like Ask Luna anything one which I don't think barely covered wrestling at all uh and Very more true. just filthy stories from when she was younger. Yes. Uh and uh <laughs> Like, you know, we did a whole Disney cast once. I think this, I feel like today might kind of fall in line with, uh, this might fall in if we decided to go into the other niche market of, uh, of just doing like, um, theme park, theme park, uh, podcasts. Yes. So. yes. Uh, and so of course, before we get into today's subject, I have to derail the episode. <laughs> of I'm course. bringing that bit back. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to bring up something that's recently come out. That's going to kind of, uh. Uh, date this episode a little bit. Uh, Mystery Science Theater is trying to make another comeback. Yes. And they've done another Kickstarter. Uh, but this time they are attempting to... Uh, well, first of all, in case anybody didn't know, Mystery Science Theater is a show that was created in the um, very, very late 80s, early 90s, throughout the 90s. And it's basically a show where they play a very, very bad movie. And then they, the hosts of the show crack jokes over the movie as sort of their own commentary track. And it was very, very successful. And it went through all kinds of different networks. It started uh, on um, public access and then it was on um, comedy central. And then it was on the sci-fi channel and then it came to Netflix. And so they're attempting to basically do kind of a soft reboot once again, but this time do it as its own independent thing and not be dependent on any kind of streaming service or, or whatnot. Um, they did a Kickstarter previously to get onto Netflix and, and complete, uh, two seasons there. And now they're doing another Kickstarter six years later, um, with a goal of $2 million and they've already gone past that, uh, with 16 days left. Oh, let's see. It's probably be what nine days left to go. Right. They were already over $3 million. So they already far surpassed the original goal. Um, to do all this. Now, the reason I bring up all this context is, Chad, I want to know, what are your feelings 
about Mystery Science Theater potentially coming back once again. I, I mean, if there is a if there's a want and a need from the fans to get it to come back and are they're willing to put their their money down to do it. Eh, so be it. I mean, that's fine. I'll watch it. I watch, you know, I've pretty much watched every iteration of it. I haven't watched every episode much to the extent that like you have. <laughs> um, but I mean, I used to watch it when it was on Comedy Central. I followed it to sci-fi. Uh, I watched most of the first season on Netflix. I never quite got around to watching the second season, which they did as like, what were they calling that second season? It was the it was uh, like the Turkey Day marathon something. It was yeah, something they like they had some sort of like you know the 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 idea was that they wanted you to like binge it. Uh, they were they were te- taunting you to binge it, um, which is a tall order because every episode is the length of a film. Right. So that's not so, like a thirty minute little accoutrement you can just sort of run through. Right. So. um like I said, am I interested if they come back? Sure. Uh, am I going to pay for like whatever service they make up to um, to do it? Probably not. Uh, I think there's too many streaming services out there already. Um, and this one being like a niche of a niche, uh, I, I just don't know if I have any interest of, of like hunkering down my own money for something like that. But good for them for doing it, at least. I don't, I don't think it's a... Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing, especially if people and people are interested in wanting to see it. So, you know, cool. Let them let them let them have it. Why not? So, okay, excellent. That's a great that's a great take. Now, if you'll excuse me, time to put on the whiny nerd pants because Daddy's <laughs> feeling heated. So, this is going to go way too deep for anybody who doesn't know anything about Mystery Science Theater. Feel free to skip ahead to the actual episode. This is going to get way too into the weeds here. So, Joel is the guy, the original host, who is pushing for this Kickstarter again and is pushing for this new version of the show. I have personal issues with Joel. um, And my issues stem from basically halfway through the series, he decided that he was too good for the show, he got bored of it, and he left to go do better things. The guy who replaced him... Michael Nelson as the host felt the exact opposite. As soon as he got in that driver's seat, he was like, Hey, guess what? Don't ever want to do anything other than this. And that has been his career. When mystery science theater finally wrapped up, he took a couple of other hosts. They jumped to another show called the film crew. And they were on like AMC for like a year. And then they jumped off of that and did their own service called riff tracks. That's right. The thing that we were describing at the start of this episode about them creating this Mystery Science Theater streaming service, blah, 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 has already been done for over a decade. And it's called Riff Tracks. And it's very, very cost effective because they just put the commentary. It started as you could just download the MP3 of the commentary track, sync it up with whatever you're watching, and you're golden. They took it a step further. Now they're like, look, screw the syncing thing. Here. Just download the whole damn thing. Just watch it. Yes. Thank you. And none of their, their things are like over $10 at most in terms of like, hey, go, you want to watch this? Here you go. Here's the MP3. Watch it. Or MP4, rather. That system totally works. And they've done bigger projects. They've done the live action. They like go to the, to the theater and they, 
you can go to you know your local theater and they stream it all live and you can watch it and it's like oh it's a whole thing perfect that's already been a thing for 10 years so now joel coming to the party like oh hey what if we had a streaming star there already is one so this is not this is unnecessary in terms of if you want to do your own riffing cool jump on board with riff tracks but the thing that really irks me about this is hey okay whatever well chad you brought it up perfectly hey man if the fans really want the puppets and the host segments, even though a bunch of the fans say that those are the weakest parts of the fucking episodes. Let's just say for argument's sake, there's fans out there that want to see the fucking puppets and all that stuff. Cool, 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 cool. The goal of the Kickstarter is $2 million. But the actual goal of the Kickstarter is five and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. And even though they've already reached the goal... They've already got the money coming. They're still presenting this as like, oh, guys, we really got to pull this together or we're going to fail in our mission. They claim that they can make three episodes of the show with the $2 million. But if they have $5 million, they can make 12 episodes of the show, plus this website, plus these bells and whistles, plus they'll come to your house and they'll jerk you off for 10 minutes. It's Okay. Well, now I'm donating. Yeah, I wish I had known that was a thing earlier. (laughs) I didn't know that was a a reward tier. Only if it's it's Pat Oswalt. Right. Felicia Day, get the hell out of here. Um, You can watch. Uh, Please watch. So that irks me that they feel like, oh, well, we can't, if this show started with him finding bullshit at a thrift store and being like, here's a puppet, don't tell me that, well, now, now it requires five million, unless they, unless the goal was, hey, we need five million dollars because we're going to riff every single big budgeted Marvel movie that's come out. Then I'd be like, well, yeah, because you got to pay the king to get the thing, to get the rights to do it. I right. get that. No, they're still going to find the same public domain doo-doo butter that they're going to be like, oh, we're dunking on this thing, which is fine. Doesn't cost $5 million. Right. So it irks me that they're building this off of like, oh, yeah, Mystery Science Theater fans didn't get enough of a good thing when we kind of floundered on Netflix for two seasons, which we also had to have a Kickstarter for and raise like $6 million for. I'm tired of giving Joel money is what I'm trying to say. Right. I'm tired of that. And again, for a product that is not wholly superior to Rift Tracks, which is already a thing. If it was like, oh man, the new Mystery Science Theater kicks the shit out of Rift Tracks, then okay, maybe. But the fact it's like, I don't know if I'm being generous, they're about neck and neck. Some There's some episodes of the new series I was like, yeah, that's okay. There's some riff tracks episodes. I'm like, yeah, this one kind of sucks. It's it's not that one is wholly perfect and the other one's dog shit. But my point is, five million dollars not necessary. Right. And these like I don't know. And 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 I saw somebody uh, commented on like one of the big posts about it and was voicing my pain in terms of like, hey, take it home. You know, enough is enough. The last two seasons sucked. Just let it die. And 
then I saw these fans like rallying around Joel, like, oh, he took the high road because Joel was like, well, I, th- I think there's still people who want to see the show. And, you know, we're raising the money and we're actually setting it up better than we did the first time. So, I mean, I think there's still a demand. And they're like, oh, my God, what a good guy he is. What a good guy he is. Oh, my God. He w- he could have just been insulting. I'm like, he's already got the money. Why would he take the low road? If they had only raised $16,000, then he would have been like, fuck you. You don't know this show. Well, the fact he's already got two million coming, he's like, "Hey, man, that's just—I think people like this show still. I don't know what to tell you." So yeah, fuck that is what I'm trying to say, and that's my very, very specific. No one on earth is going to give a shit about this but me, rambling about the new Mystery Science Theater. So Zach, could you please show me on the doll where Joel where where Joel touched you? Don't. Uh, <laughs> he left the show. He left him high and dry, and Mike Nelson never did. That's the point. Uh, now let me ask you this: If now riff tracks also will tend to do like these, you know, social media money grabs um, for like their live stuff, and as well, do you donate to those? I did the first time. Okay. Because I was like, yeah, and then they were like, then it kind of. You're absolutely right. It kind of became a seasonal thing where it was like. Okay, guys, well, this season we're going to do blah, 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 and we're going to do this movie and this movie. And I'm like, yeah, I'll pay the ticket to go and see it, but I'm not really interested in donating for this so that you can go riff on a movie that you already riffed on 15 years ago. Right. You know, and that might be my biggest thing lately with the live, and I understand why they do it with the live episodes that they do of riff tracks is yeah. Lately they have been definitely going, Hey, remember that movie that MST three K did? We're going to riff it again. And I'm like, okay. Well, for some of them, like for instance, um, when they did Manos, that's interesting because Mike wasn't on the original episode. That was a right. Joel episode. Right. So that's inherently interesting to me because it's like, oh, okay, we're going to get to see Mike riff it. And obviously all the jokes are new and things like that. Um, but I do agree. I see your point of like, eh, you know, yeah, you're doing Space Mutiny, which is a classic, but you guys are doing this game where like you're trying not to make the exact same jokes as last time. Right. And some of those jokes are classics. So it's kind of weird to do this like Mexican standoff of like, well, you know, we're not going to do the exact same jokes, but we have to try to like equal the funniness of the new jokes. Right. And not make too many references to the old jokes. Like it's tough. But we're fine. Or for the issue of that one, like that one's famous for all the names. You know, the big, big, big McLarge. And it feels like they just didn't, they just kind of do the, like, Well, for some rehash. of those segments, yeah, they definitely came up with new names, which I think is, well, I, yeah, I think I that's know. like the um, the comedian Dom Herrera thing, where it's like, you can come up with great new material, but there's still people that are going to be pissed at like, oh, I can't believe you didn't do the Joey Bag of Donuts joke. And he's like, I wrote that in 85. What are you talking about? Right. So like, if they had skipped that completely and gone like, yeah, we're not going to do the nicknames thing, I think people would have been pissed. Would have been pissing. Um, yeah, also but there was they didn't do it nearly as much, and I think that was probably part of that. It was like, hey, we already did this bit once. Do we really need to do it again, or is it going right. to seem cheap if we do it again? It would have seemed cheap. It would have felt like they were driving it into the dirt. I feel like that would have been the yeah. the case on that one. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's my little rambling. Let's get on to the actual uh, <laughs> focus of this episode. 
this non-traditional IndieCast episode. Uh, COVID is finally, hopefully, getting put under control here. We got the vaccines rolling out. Uh, Theme parks are starting to reopen again. And so uh, I wanted to put our brain powers together here and discuss if we ran the zoo, if we were able to... uh, uh, which we, which is no longer in print, but if we ran the zoo, uh, how would we change uh, a section of a famous theme park in order to drive up uh, ticket sales and make people happy? Um, and so the answer to this ideally was not just, uh, just bring back all old rides that are defunct, because that's not really, that, that's not an option. That sounds like every Disney page I'm on. Yeah, True. Like, oh, you know, really, you know, the big issue was when they took out the, you know, uh, dinosaur ride with Ellen DeGeneres as the narrator. Like, no, I think there were other problems. Yeah. Um, So uh, basically the concept here is we want to discuss what section would you be replacing that the replacement needs to have some sort of either ride or attraction or something. Uh, What's a merch option? What's a popcorn or drink container? And what's a walk-around character? And so I'm going to go first. Uh, So my theme park PowerPoint revolves around, of course, Universal Studios in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Uh, Now, this kind of goes a little bit against what I started at the beginning. This is a return, but not exactly (laughs) the same. Not exactly the same. Remember what I said at the beginning? Just kidding. This is very much I a do I said in the beginning, the answer was you can't bring everything back. That was right. Okay. You can check the tape. So, uh, for a very long time, there was a show building at the very front of the park that held uh, the stage production of Blue Man Group. Yes. and uh, Which is AKA, no longer there, so that AKA works out beautifully. An expensive ticket to get out of the sun. Um Yes, and Chad is is 100% correct. They just recently stopped it. And as I saw, I think it's at, like, the Luxor in in, uh, Las Vegas now has, like, a Blue Man Show group. Vegas, they've they've been there for a little while. They still have uh, an off-Broadway New York production. I believe they're in Chicago uh, on a regular, and then they have a touring. And then there's a touring company that will will go around. Obviously, this is all with COVID not being a thing. So, So, uh, So to those listening at home, I am as equally shocked as you that Chad works for the fucking PR department for Blue Man Group. I had no idea. So let me tell I actually um, have seen them before in New York uh, at the off-Broadway theater that they, uh, that they work in. It's actually not a very large uh, theater either. It's almost like for you theater nerds out there, it's, it's uh, just probably a little bigger than your typical black box theater that you'd probably be picturing in your head. Like it's really not that big. Um, the cool thing that they do um, at one point was they were they've got a bunch of those digital little like, billboard things, you know, the scrolling billboards that you'll you'll see up, you know, um, like, you know, it's just like red lettering just kind of scrolling across like you'd put in the back of a car or something to, to send a message. Um, and uh, they've got a bunch of them all over the place and they slowly start putting stuff up. And it's like, we'd like to welcome this guest for blah, blah, blah. He did this thing. And like, you're like, oh, they've got, we've got some like a few like really special name guests here. That's kind of cool. And then one of them said, we'd like to welcome Chad Allen. He uh, recently won the gold medal in uh, the, the 50, the 50 meter like freestyle or something like that. And I'm like, what the shit? 
And my mom looked at me because this was like a Mother's Day gift for my mom. Um, and she goes, how would they know that? And I went, I paid with my credit card. How wouldn't they've got my name right there on the card. So that every one of these people that, you know, you're like, Oh, we've got special gifts here is them just fucking with it because they went through their credit card roster to, to, uh, to put names up there. Uh, uh, so I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny. So an excellent so, show, by the way, if you get to see blue man group, go see him. Not in so Orlando our, though. You're fine. That's our plug for blue man group. Pay us there the you money. Go. You silent yeah, bastards. Um, <laughs> you silent bastards. So big show building. It's got nothing to do right now. So my sales pitch to you is that you cash in on millennial nostalgia and you actually take the building back to what it was before the blue man group and you make it a vintage Nickelodeon Nicktoons area. So So now what, what was in the original area now? Because I don't, I, I'm, I'm a newer um, universal person. Uh, so I'm, I am learning from the master. What was, so what, what did it used to be officially? What was in? There? Excellent question. What used to be held inside that building were the stages and sets that were used to film probably fucking six times a day. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Double Dare and Guts were in that building. You would get in line, you would go in, they would pick the kids out of the crowd to be participants, and the audience would sit there. That's what was that's what used to be inside that building. Okay. And then they had this big green fountain in the front, and uh, that's where the um, the Nickelodeon time capsule is buried. Um that you now here's the thing the building used to have be like a zany colors and stuff like that and they had like the green fountain but that was about it was like you could go in watch the shows be made be a part of the audience in the show and that was it what i'm suggesting is not to hey forego you know any regulations or whatever blah 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 and like drag these new shows back in kicking and screaming and film them here because there's a new version of double dare um you know there's other game shows that they still kind of like trot out every once in a while and they're filmed wherever the hell they're filmed and that's fine i'm not saying like oh this should be a running production they don't film anything at universal orlando anymore like the sound stages are just used for haunted houses like it's not a working production company anymore that's all done in california which is fine i'm not asking for you to suddenly reverse that or be like it's not convenient but let's film here anyway no what i'm suggesting is for your main attraction of that area is you simply just rebuild the sets drag anything you've got out in storage because you know they keep all that shit and have it just be a walkthrough experience. Have some of the props, have some of the costumes. Make it really, like, look, one of the smartest things that they did during Halloween Horror Nights was that there's a section of the area now that's literally just for selfies. It's an area, it's right in front of the shitty Fast and Furious ride. They have, like, little uh, photo things set up. They've got walk around people and literally no one's jumping out and scaring you. It's literally just there for photography. Okay. And it's a huge thing. Cause it's like, Hey, social media is big, blah, 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 blah. I'm saying apply that same logic to this attraction area. Now doesn't mean it has the, the 
there can be no action there. Like, randomly in the New York area, like, right by the Mummy Ride, there's just a fucking wall, like, a rock climb just glued onto one of the sides of the buildings, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't apply to anything that's going on. It's just like, hey, we needed a rock wall thing, and here's an alleyway, and we're jamming it in here. Okay, take that off that for no reason. Put it in this fucking attraction for the Nicktoons or Nick area or Nickelodeon and make it Guts-themed. Give the kids a jersey, have them wear the helmet, scurry up there, they hit the button at the top, confetti shoots out. It's like you're climbing the aggro crag. You can have, you know, if you want to make like a messy area, whatever, that's fine with Gak and shit like that. Kids love slime nowadays. Don't eat it. There you go. But you got costumes, you got set pieces. It would be an absolute dream for kids who grew up, adults who grew up with that at the time. Right. So there's your main attraction. Okay. And it's a great way to get out of the heat. Right. Merchandise-wise, you have a treasure trove of design. Like, I can't tell you how many... The 90s are back in such an awful, painful way that, like, any deep cuts, any shows, any cartoons, all the, if you had the, you know... Are you uh, specific shirts from episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you had, which God help you, if you make that a haunted attraction during Halloween Horror Nights and made it Are You Afraid of the Dark themed, printing money. So merchandise wise, really makes itself because you can just do any of the old shows. You know, yeah, I I hated salute your shorts as a kid, but if there was a shirt that was fucking Camp Anawana and had goddamn UG on it, I'd be like, ah, yeah, I'm buying it. Why the fuck not? So merchandise-wise, very, very easy-peasy. But on top of that, if you go with the game show stuff, you could make specific things, like from Legend of the Hidden Temple. If you gave me a very, very high-end, maybe with, like, gold foil, whatever, pendant of life from Legends of the Hidden Temple and sold it in the Universal Store, like all the high-end Harry Potter shit, you're selling that. People would want that. So it's one of those cases where you bring it, basically the long story short is you bring it as this big comeback piece and everyone's going to lose their shit. As for popcorn container, I'd say you either go with the aggro crack, like a little mini green block that looks like the little trophy, or you do um, Mark Summers podium from Double Dare. Because that had like kind of a, you could almost use that as a drink one if you wanted. Um, As for walk around character, a little tough. I mean, you could probably do like Rugrats or... Um, you know, any of the Nicktoons ones would probably be easy peasy. Uh, Rocco's, uh, Rocco's Modern Life was exactly. that part of that whole setup, dude. If I would take a picture with Mr. and Mrs. Big Head from Rocco's Modern Life so fast, um, or Heifer, um, you could do like a little Nicktoons parade if you wanted to. Um, but my added bonus is there's a little area, um, towards the front of the park that used to have like a, uh, a late night. Uh, like a, like, it looked like a late night talk show host uh, studio band and they would play like theme songs from shows and shit like that. Um, I'm not saying bring any of that back. I'm saying you put somebody in a loud suit jacket. They're your stand in for Mark Summers. And during blazing hot summer days, you offer people the chance to do some of the physical challenges that included water right. from Double Dare. 
and you have like, okay, you're on the red team, you're on the blue team, here we go. And, you know, there's someone shooting a super soaker and trying to knock Godzilla off a post or something like that. Like, as a kind of wacky sort of way to keep people cool and kind of bring back the like, oh, yeah, the excitement of those game shows and live action uh, content from Nickelodeon back in the day. I think that prints money. I think it's, you don't really have to build out much. It's just sort of like, oh, hey, you know, you're just sort of bringing out a lot of stuff you still have in storage. As for photo ops, you know, you could easily do some of the setups for like the physical challenges as like photo opportunities. Like, um, like just take pieces from the uh, obstacle course from the end of double dare and just have that set up. Like you wouldn't take a fucking picture reaching up in the big nose, trying to pick, pull out the orange right. flag. Like everybody would do that. And quite honestly, the big nose was what I had pictured for your, uh, for your popcorn bucket. Quite honestly, you could do that. Or, um, you know, or if you want to take the picture on the slide, that was the giant teeth. You open up the teeth, there you go. something like that, whatever, but great photo ops and, uh, or have, you know, have goddamn temple guards standing in front of a big talking Olmec. Cause you know, universal loves to pull that shit where it's like a, Oh, it's a thing, but it also talks and like cracks jokes. Boom. Big Olmec wall with glowing eyes. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Give me the money. I know what I'm talking about. And that's the end of PowerPoint. Very nice. Well, in, interestingly enough, my PowerPoint goes the other way. You you did take Universal. Uh, unsurprisingly, I am going to go Disney for mine. Excellent. Um, so, Zach, I'm going to start my PowerPoint with you uh, for you with a, with a question here. Um, what are some of the things when you think of the extra ticket items that that Disney does on a regular basis. What are the ones that immediately jump to your mind that tend to draw really well? Hmm. Well, the extra ticketed items usually from Disney that I think of are like um, either express passes or like the um, you can come in early or you can stay late or um, the Halloween, like all the extra little um, uh, Halloween outing, Christmas outing, where you yep. can come and the whole park's different and yada, 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 and spend so much money. Exactly. So they've got, um, you're absolutely right. They've got Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. They have uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas. Um, all excellent things. One of the ones that they tend to do from time to time that, uh, and I've been to once before, that draw draws like crazy um, is um, when they do a villain's night. Yes, okay. And there was a rumor for the longest time that there was actually going to be a fifth park uh, that was supposed to be a villain's park. Um, I don't remember what the name of it was supposed to be, but they were going to make up a whole castle for it and make a whole thing, and that never actually ended up coming into fruition. Uh, I think now is the time to bring that into fruition here. Wow, okay. Um, Now, I'm having a hard time because – it seems to be, from what I can see, Hollywood Studios has officially found its like its kind of niche. It's going to go Star Wars. It's going to go um, kind of Pixar, uh, Toy Story mostly, but obviously, you know, I, I think more Pixar will start to come in from there. I don't think there's a lot of room for it there. Epcot's completely out of the question. There's no room for it there. Uh, I don't think it fits in Animal Kingdom. So that leaves me to look back at Magic Kingdom. Which, okay. in theory, a lot of people would have a real issue when you start messing around with Magic Kingdom. I would like to present to you, though, that if I can take the land right after you 
pass by Haunted Mansion, which fits as a perfect opening for, for kind of what I have planned, okay. and take basically the entirety of Frontierland. Because let's Ooh. be honest, no one gives a shit about Frontierland. Tell me one major thing other than Haunted Mansion at the end, at the beginning, or uh, Splash Mountain and uh, Big Thunder Mountain at the end that you give a shit about in in that area. I couldn't even tell you what else is in that area. Uh, well, and I walk through it all the time, and I can, actually. The main things that are, are there, there's a, a, a one decent restaurant that's, that's right down there um, that does, like, um, like all-you-can-eat food from... Uh, it's supposed to be like out of like the, the, you know, revolutionary period. So it's like pot roast and stuff like that. It's wonderful. If you get a chance to go eat there, you should. Uh, and then by your, I have to look it up in a moment. Cause I completely <laughs> cannot think of the name of it. Um, okay. but it's wonderful. Um, but once you pass that, they have a little like old timey, like shooting range, mm-hmm. um, with like the, the electronic, uh, like fake electronic shotguns. You walk down a little farther. There is a um, a pin trading like store. Okay. Uh, I think you're thinking of uh, is that the Liberty Tree? That is Liberty Tree Tavern. Thank you. Okay. Absolutely, Liberty Tree is wonderful. Um, but then you go a little farther down and you get a shooting range and uh, then the little shooting range. Then there's the, the there's pin traders. Then there's the the fucking bears. Um, you know the the you know the nobody the country the country bear jamboree. And let's be honest, most people use that now just to get the hell out of the sun for a little while. Uh, and then you have, I think, another store and then like Pecos Bill restaurant. Yes. And that's basically the end of it. Now, if you go slightly off the other way, there's like a Christmas store yep. and um, uh, like another little restaurant. Nobody gives a shit about that either. So you can take that all in as well. Oh, and Hall of Presidents is over there. Right. Let's be honest. Nobody set foot in that thing for the last four years because of how uh, obnoxious it is for everybody right now. So let's just take care of all of that. We don't need, okay. nobody cares about president hall of presidents anymore. They took out the Muppets, which was great. So fuck them for that too. But we're going to change that completely over into, um, into a villains area. We're going to paint the streets purple as we come through there. The buildings are going to have to be redone, but we'll, we'll, uh, bring them up as like a, a, you know, an evil village of some sort. Your walking characters are easy because you get a lot of the, there's enough of the main villain, even if you don't use the main villain. So let's say we leave out Maleficent and I'll talk more about why I'm leaving Maleficent out in a little bit. Um, But if you just go even with like second tier villains or what I would consider second tier villains, like um, uh, Facilier from Princess and the Frog is a great walk around character. Uh, bowler hat guy from, uh, meet the Robinsons is a great walk around character. Um, uh, uh, Jafar is a great walk around character. Um, you know, the, the evil queen from snow white, um, Corella DeVille, you've got a bunch of great people. You can have walk around. The people will go crazy to stop and get pictures with, because when I've seen them during villains nights, their lines are routinely 45 minutes to an hour long. For a, to wait in line to get a picture taken with a character, so there's no reason why you can't have them walk around a little more, a little more regularly, or have meet and greet areas for them, because people will go crazy to do that. Now, here's where I'm going to get a little nuts on this one from here. When you get to well, the well, end, hold on, hold on. As a quick aside, yes. I will give you one reason why your walk around character idea will not work. Why? Because not only will the lines be incredibly too long, but you're putting 
you're you're putting the performers' lives in danger by having someone walk around as animated Keith David. Countless men, women, everything in between will be trying to suck that man's dick at all times walking around the park. That is a danger to him and others around. Possibly true. Well, I don't know how much of a danger it is to him. I guess it depends on who's doing the sucking. He'll have a heart so, attack from, from jizzing too much. Is my, possibly. Is my... um, but right, we're going to walk to the end. So now we're getting to the end. We'll talk about, you know, and we'll change up into, you know, we'll make the stores a little more villain related. They have enough villain merchandise already out that, that Disney true. doesn't even need to think that far on this one from here. Um, because they'll just incorporate all the villain stuff that you usually have elsewhere into here on the other side. And the great part about this is, is because obviously Cinderella's castle is right in the middle of the park. That's your main central area that hubs off to everything else. Right. Now looming in the background of that is going to be Maleficent's castle. Ooh. And we're going to take what was splash mountain, which they're getting rid of anyway. And turning that, we're going to get to no more mountain. We're going to build a castle in that area instead. We're going to build up the whole huge castle. Now, don't get me wrong. We can keep the water ride inside. We'll redo it completely as like, a, you know, Maleficent's Castle. And it's a water tour through the moats of Maleficent's Castle. Um, you know, we can go through most of the Cinderella story, or the, uh, pardon me, not the Cinderella story, the Sleeping Beauty story. Okay. If we want a little bit from there, you can incorporate some of the stuff that they did in the Angelina Jolie movie if you want. Um, but we can, you definitely have enough material there to make Maleficent a major, because they've already made, made her the major, like, bad guy. She's basically the leader of the bad guys. She's the villain okay. leader. Uh, and I think everybody pretty much de facto bows to her on that one from there. You make that area right there, that is Maleficent's castle. And having that, like, looming when you come out of, you know, the hub from Cinderella's castle to see that huge castle, like, in the background is going to be amazing. Especially on a good stormy day. Absolutely True. wonderful. True. Uh, but like I said, and you keep the drop, you keep everything, you can keep the water ride, you just redo the inside for it. But we got to get rid of the mountain. It's got to become the castle. Um, Big Thunder Mountain, um, we're going to retheme it. Now, I know a lot of people get upset about that one because they get upset about retheming anything at Disney. Um, please see the maelstrom. Um, right. But um, I, we still have to retheme that. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't fully put into my mind yet exactly what we're retheming that as. Um, but I'm sure there's some sort of runaway ride we can think of um, to, to put in there that will uh, that will take care of that for you from there. Um, uh, possibly, you know what? I'm thinking maybe we could do something Hercules-related. I feel like something with Hades, because Hades is such a big part of it nowadays true, as well. True, true. Could, def could definitely be something from there. I just don't know what we make the cars into. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe flying... Uh, Pegasus, uh, we can like turn them into something like that. Uh, I'm not sure, but that could be that could be something interesting as well. Okay. Um, and then again, treat wise uh, for snacks and stuff. I mean, I, I already own a popcorn bucket that looks like a uh, you know like a the like a bubbling cauldron. Uh, from it, you could easily uh, do the poison. The poison apples already a big uh, a big piece of uh, piece of things with them from there. Uh, maybe something with Maleficent's horns. 
uh, could be an interesting one as well, or just a Maleficent head, and you've just got to kind of pop the horns back to get to the popcorn. Um, you've definitely got something there. And then, quite honestly, since we're getting rid of the the country bear jamboree, you have a whole uh, you have a whole theater there that you can definitely turn into some sort of villain related show. Uh, maybe something Oogie Boogie. I think would that would would be good for that. That'd be interesting. Um, okay, that you do like an Oogie Boogie review or something like that, because they've they had an Oogie Boogie show a couple times during Halloween. Yeah, uh, at Hollywood Studios studios um where it was um almost like it's almost like a freak show type of situation but something like that would work absolutely perfectly in there um and like i said nobody care oh and the the biggest thing also um the that area happens to also have um a small island that's off the edge there that is um tom sawyer's island Yes, nobody, true. nobody, nobody gives a shit about Tom Sawyer's Island. No one, no. I don't know anybody that's ever actually been over there. And if they've been over there, there's nothing all that exciting over there that's going to draw you back over there. From what I've seen on on videos and the like, let's redo that. We're gonna we're gonna haunt that whole thing. We'll turn it into that could be maybe that could be a facilier thing over there. That where would be got, in, that uh, would be awesome. Like a haunted facilitate scenario, which would work even better with the 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 paddle boat because that would fit into the New Orleans type of thing. Because I'm pretty sure they uh, they'll do paddle boats from from there from time to time as well. So it all kind of fits in together right right into that. So um, that's now that's my, what I think. My, my my only question is mm-hmm. going this hard into the villain side of things. Yes. Do you think that's going to make it so that it's too scary for actual kids on a day-to-day basis or you think it's going to be kind of sort of like haunted mansion where it's just kind of accepted it's like well it's not that scary if you would ask me that question maybe 10 years ago i i might have questioned that i think nowadays i think because the villains have become such a thing where they are definitely um using them to you know to sell merchandise to be to be True. their own characters, to the fact that they're making every type of movie they can think of about these other characters and their backstories. So, you know, Maleficent's got two movies now. Cruella has a movie getting ready to come out. Uh, but, you know, if they keep like humanizing all these villain characters, then no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big thing you have to worry about anymore in that instance. Um, That's fair. I think the kids, I think the kids are starting to get it. And, and be, I mean, it's just like characters like Hades, I, Though great characters, how how scary was Hades? I mean, they've even put him put Hades in the freaking Descendants movies. Um, so no, I, I think I think be, and quite honestly, there's another thing you could do with that uh, with that theater in there. You do a Descendants show because there's already they're already it's already musicals, and there's definitely a way to draw kids in there. If you make a Descendants a Descendants show out of there and just have them dancing to the songs and stuff, absolutely, you'll you'll get my you'll get my daughters in there almost every time. Okay, I think you I think you uh, put it over the edge with that last suggestion. I think that's actually a really great idea. Yeah, very interesting, and and I I really appreciate the concept of, you know, realistically, they don't even have to make new merch. They already yeah merchandise the living shit out of the villains already. That it would just be more of like you're slightly changing the organization of where the merch is available. Right, but it's not like you got to go back to the drawing board. Like, how are we ever going to merchandise fucking this person? Like, 
No, it's it's a thing. And quite honestly, from the spot where you come over from, because the other interesting part is if you're coming in from the side where it's um, where you come in and then the first thing you hit is Haunted Mansion, which, again, still fits into the theming area here, being a haunted house. Um, you have almost like a walkway, you know, kind of a, like a walkway type thing you come under. It's almost like a uh, like a tunnel you come under. Um, but when you, from that other side, you're looking at Peter Pan, you're looking at, um, it's a small world that's fantasy land. So if you've got fantasy land and then you just retheme that tunnel. So you've got more of a crossover from fantasy land into, you know, you know, I I guess really quite honestly, if you want to stick with the, with the, the more descendant thing, you call it the island of you know the island of the lost because that's what they call it in there where all okay. the villains are. You make it into a big island of the lost type scenario and go in and and have it cross over into that way. It it's I think it, it easily takes care of itself on that instance. Okay. It's just a matter of retheming, especially like the the ro- the roads in the buildings would be, would need to be retheming or at least like you know beaten up in some way or you know made to look a little more sinister. Um, like I said, with everything you got there, I think you can make it work. Yeah, I was just going to say that that definitely has potential. Excellent. Excellent. So there's my there's my pitch. So that's pretty incredible. Uh, I think uh, I think you clearly win the day in terms of. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I did have a pretty uh, fiery intro, but uh, with yeah. uh, the Mister Sincere thing. But I think you might have stolen it in terms of pissing off the most fans possible. Yeah. Oh God, no! Yeah, no. If if this were to ever come up on like, if they ever Disney ever announced they were doing this, there would be, you know, Disney nerds all over the world's heads exploding, you know, like the the end of you know, of scanners uh, of uh, a scanners. Or actually, I was more thinking of the uh, uh, if you ever saw the Kingsman. Uh, okay. Like, there's a scene in there where people's heads are like exploding, and it's like fireworks and stuff coming out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that that's totally what it would look like because they would absolutely hate it because you'd have a bunch of people that suddenly like frontier lands, their favorite land. And they can't wait to go to see the bears every time they come into town. Right. Suddenly, and, yes. and, and it, so like, it's like, no bullshit. You do that. It's the area you have to walk through to get from the haunted mansion over to like big thunder mountain. Yeah. It's like, yes, I stop it at the pin store there. They usually have some decent stuff decent stuff but that's it right otherwise the only thing i can think of over there is there's a good spot you can cross over from there over to where they sell uh uh fucking dole whip uh over in adventureland true which don't get me wrong adventureland was almost the area i took over um but there was (laughs) there was are you you saying that that's that should be part of the pr announcement of like hey we're gonna completely bulldoze most of Frontierland and swap everything out and when people go oh be like hey we were about to do it to adventureland so you shut the hell up oh no okay and quite honestly the only thing that saved adventureland quite honestly um was uh pirates which much like um uh, much like Haunted Mansion would have almost become part of the like the villain land. Like I was going to claim it because I was going to claim basically from the beginning of Adventureland all the way to the fucking uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Like I was claiming all of it, um, but decided against it, um, if only for that. And also because I couldn't think of a great way to retheme 
um, uh, Jungle Cruise that would, that would have worked. Clearly there was just, just no it, good way clearly, to do it. Clearly, you just make it the Jaws ride. That's that's Yeah, clearly. there you go. And that's how we bridge, and then we make a big crossover. Well, that's it, everybody. That's our giant theme park PowerPoint presentations. Uh, leave your comment cards behind, and we will uh, you know, take them into consideration and create more further research in these uh, in these assignments. But uh, we hope that you've been plenty pissed off. We would love yeah. to hear your PowerPoint presentations on what you would swap out or bring into a theme park in order to uh, grant it a great success. Uh, so please feel free to follow us on all social medias. And Chad, what am I doing? This is your job. Get your shit in. Well, um, for us here, follow us at IndyCast, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T, on all social media. Follow our uh, buddies team, Hamafist, T-E-A-M-H-A-M-M-A-F-I-S-T. And uh, make sure you are uh, liking and subscribing to all of our stuff so you can uh, hear everything that we have coming out. Uh, Zach, get your shit in for uh, Fully Gimmicked. What's going on with, uh, with the so... gimmick? Thank you for asking. So fully gimmicked, uh, we are coming off of the big influx of orders from WrestleMania uh, and uh, and all that, uh, that, that hoopla. Uh, we've been selling a boatload of John Davis shirts recently, which I'm always thrilled nice. to see. Um, and we've been dropping some new merch here and there. Uh, we've got the, I'm actually wearing the Get Your Shot In uh, vaccination shirt designed by uh, THF Labs. And... Uh, we actually just revealed that we dabbled in our first video game. Uh, Luna and I have officially set up uh, a set of former guests of the IndyCast, big game Leroy NES cartridges, which he will be selling uh, directly to start with. And if enough you know, fanfare and fan reaction comes of it, then we may sell some on, on our website as well. But um, we also provided some new merchandise for the International Superstars. So basically, long story short is if you're looking for any type of well above average uh, wrestling and wrestler related merch, go to fullygimmicked.com. And if you are a psychopath like myself who has fallen knee deep into the world of VHS tapes again, uh, go look up Brainbuster video on Etsy and uh, check our new releases wall and see if there's anything that strikes your fancy. Very nice, everybody. Well, I think uh, for that, uh, I think we've hit the end of the episode here. For uh, myself, uh, I am, uh, as always, Coculus Maximus. I am Sticky Steamboat. Uh, and until uh, next time, everybody, uh, we always say... A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We it's are we're touching wieners. We're touching wieners good. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.